helping families be happy. Well, welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I'm your host for this podcast, Christopher Robbins, the co-founder of Familius Publishing, husband, father of nine, author, fly fisherman, backpacker, and aspirational musician based in the Central Valley of California. We hope to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. Now, I'm happy to introduce today's guests. Mary Potter Kenyon works as a program coordinator for the Shalom Spirituality Center in Dubuque, Iowa, where she lives with the youngest of her eight children, a graduate of the University of Northern Iowa and a certified grief counselor. Mary is a popular public speaker on the topics of creativity and finding hope in grief and a workshop presenter and instructor for community colleges, libraries, and writers conferences. She is widely published in newspapers, magazines, and anthologies, including 10 Chicken Soup for the Soul books, Mary is the author of the upcoming Called to be Creative, A Guide to Reigniting Your Creativity, to be released by Familius this September 2020, and five previous Familius books. Rebecca is an internationally renowned artist, author of Release Your Creativity, Discover Your Inner Artist with 15 Simple Painting Projects, and the founder of the Art Studio of New York, the number one art studio in New York City. Rebecca's artwork has been exhibited and purchased in over 50 galleries and museums throughout the world. She has won many awards for her powerful, evocative artwork, and her work is included in hundreds of private collections. Rebecca has been praised in the New York Times, the Boston Globe, the Dallas Morning News, the Village Voice, on NBC, ABC, Japan's number one Fuji Network, and most recently on Ease, Courtney, and Kim Take New York. So welcome, Mary, and welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with both of you. Well, it's wonderful to have two creative people, as we said at the beginning of this podcast. We're going to take maybe 15 to 20 minutes to talk about creativity, and that in and of itself is just completely misleading, isn't it? Yes. 15 minutes. <laughs> there we go. 15 years, maybe. Yeah, there we go. It's, it's, a, it's a lifelong adventure, and that's something we want to explore. So I want to start with, um, with reading something from Mary's book that I found really interesting. She quotes Dr. Jean D. Cohen, who is a pioneer in research on mental health and aging and the founder and first director of the Center on Aging um, at uh, George Washington University. And he says, she quotes him, and he says, Creativity is built into our species, innate to every one of us, whether we are plumbers, professors, short order cooks, or investment bankers. It is ours, whether we are career-oriented or home-centered. It is the flame that heats the human spirit and kindles our desire for inner growth and self-expression. And he wrote that in his uh, book, The Creative Age, Awakening Human Potential, and the second half of life. And he goes on to say, our creativity may emerge in many different ways, from the realm of art, science, or politics, to the pursuit of an advanced college degree, a new hobby, or public spirited activism, something that's certainly happening right now. So I, I found that quote so interesting because um, so many of us think that creativity is uh, monopolized by the poets and the artists, the musicians, 
um, the writers. So you, I think what you're saying, Mary, from quoting him is that, that we can all be creative. Is that true? Yes, it breaks my heart when I hear somebody say, I'm not creative because I know it's in them and they don't see it. And of course, any of us who have had children, we see it in our kids and hopefully we encourage that. But when we lose that, what we had naturally as children, and then we get to an age when we think, well, it's either too late for me now or I'm too busy with kids or that's, there's nothing in me. We have lost who we were born to be. And I love seeing it happen when somebody, well, if you mention they're gardening or they're baking or they're quilting or something, and then all of a sudden start to see is, oh yes, I do have something in me that wants to create. I do have something in me. So it's, it, that's why I wrote the book is because I want everybody to see that, that they have it in them to be creative, that there's something that they were built to do. So and you're, thank you for saying that. And so you're, one of your creative outlets is writing, using the written word to express your thoughts. So help us understand how, how, is, how is writing um, help you and help those that you work with in terms of uh, their discovery of their own creativity or in other ways in their life? Well, it's funny because um, I don't think my children necessarily saw their mom as creative when they were younger. They saw their grandmother as creative because she was making quilts and carving wood carvings and she was painting and everything around her looked what we think of as creative. And so I, I remember one of my kids saying, I didn't know you were a writer. And I said, what did you think I was doing all those years when you're a little kid and I'm sitting in front of a computer or, or a typewriter because I started when I was typewriting. So that's just the talent I honed. I, I, um, after my mother died and I found one of her pencils and tried drawing again because I used to draw and I saw that there was some potential there I, if I had honed that particular talent. Who knows, maybe I would be uh, an artist in that way. And so I, I sat down and talked to my, my girls that day when I tried drawing a tree and one of my daughters saw me, oh, you don't know how to draw, how did you do that? Was, I said, I used grandma's magic pencil, you know, and it's just like, it's in our head, you know, whether we are creative or not and what we, what we choose to hone. And some of us get so busy with life and work and bills and raising kids that we forget to work at that part of ourselves. And, and it's not work. I mean, it, you don't, it's not about making money necessarily. It's, it becomes part of you and it's, you get lost in the flow. If it's what you were meant to do, you just get lost in it. Yeah. Thank you. Now, Rebecca, so you, with your studio, you're working with people who are already creative or who want to be creative. Help us understand what that is and, and what your experience has been in, in helping people with their own creativity. Sure, that's a great question. Uh, at the Art Studio in New York, we tend to work with people who were creative at one time. Now that could be second grade, and now it's someone who's 65 years old and retiring. Uh, or it could certainly be children or teenagers or senior citizens who are looking for some sort of outlet that might uplift them. Um, we also work with people who might already consider themselves creative um, or somewhat creative. But I would say across the board, what I see most is the people we work with are wanting to be creative and wanting to nurture that part of themselves. And currently that part of themselves is very, very hungry. And there's even some doubt of, I'm not sure I can do this. I don't think I'm talented. 
I don't even think I'm creative. I might not be able to draw a straight line. And yet there's some sort of inner thirst or inner hunger that enough time has gone by that they just don't want to put it on pause anymore. Now, my uh, experience, it's similar to you, Mary, Mary um, <clears throat> is this idea that many people don't think they're creative, and yet to me, that is just not true. I think if you're breathing, you're creative. It's what we're born with. It's our birthright. And what I've found through the nearly 20 or 30,000 people who I've worked with over the years is that a lot of people suffer from, it's almost like PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, but it's post-traumatic art or creativity disorder. There was some teacher 50 years ago who said, you know what, your drawing isn't very good. Um, or there's a parent involved uh, of a child who loved drawing and perhaps when the child became a teenager, the parent said, okay, enough of this silly hobby it's time for you to focus on something uh, more important. And so somewhere along the line, it could have been, and usually is just one time, someone told this person that their sense of worth in being creative was not important. And at this time, that was very formidable, they took that to heart and just put on the brakes 100%. And now, again, it's 20, 30, 50, 60, 70 years later, and there's that itch. And they're returning to something because they're looking for some sort of meaning or some sort of outlet to feel more nurtured and authentic in their life. And so I really help people and hold their hand um, and really reintroduce people to a part of themselves that is already there but they forgot and they don't know how to start that conversation again. Okay. That, I mean, both of you are doing wonderful work in helping people. And, and, and even in that, that's a creative process, right? We have to learn to coach to the players, as we say in our, our business. So uh, help us understand um, what are some of the therapeutic uh, um, aspects of, of learning to be creative again. How, how does this help people? If they, they start to pick up a pencil or a, or a paintbrush or they start to, to compose a song or whatever it is, or to start a business in my, in my case. Well, um, I've seen it in writing classes and I think of one woman in particular. She had, not, she had been writing poetry for 50 years and never submitted it. 50 years and when she was brave enough because it takes bravery doesn't it Rebecca for them to start looking again when she was brave enough to come to one of my classes and to sneak one little poem to me and I was in awe of these beautiful words and this beautiful poetry and I said what you have why have you not submitted this and she said I'm no good it's no good it's not good enough and I could not believe it because beautiful poetry and for 50 years. So I hope I helped to make her brave enough to submit just one piece and she did and it was accepted and it was a piece, a love story of, about her and her husband and it was published in Chicken, Chicken Soup for the Soul and she came to my workplace and she was so excited and I was just as excited as she was and then she became brave enough to submit more and now she can't stop, she's on fire. So we see that fire come alive in people and to be able to be a part of that 
is like, I feel humbled to have been a part of that just, just through encouraging her and maybe helping her tweak a couple, a couple lines of this beautiful writing. That's great. Rebecca, what, what, in your experience, how, why is this helpful? You know, I think it's helpful in so many ways. And for me, what I find especially exciting is now there are hundreds of studies uh, <clears throat> with scientific proof from uh, universities like Harvard, from uh, doctors and hospitals throughout the world. And so while I always knew, oh, this feels good, you know, this is good for me, why wouldn't it be good for you? Now it's proven in studies. The list is so extensive. So, you know, for starters, it's proven that creativity um, is great for mental and emotional health. It decreases anxiety and depression, um, increases self-esteem, increases a sense of accomplishment, um, allows people to strengthen their communication skills. Uh, for, and, it, you know, like the list goes on and on. Um, there are a lot of studies connected to dementia patients, uh, that those with dementia, if they spark their creativity, uh, let's say specifically through painting or visiting a museum, they access a certain part of their brain with different types of memories. Um, and there's a lot of data that shows through creativity, through an ongoing practice of, of creative expression, it strengthens the part of the brain that protects a person from developing dementia. Um, for children, it's all of those things and more. Uh, it, creating art, and again, I believe it's music or writing or painting, you know, like dancing, the whole field of creative exploration, if done regularly, improves the development of one's brain forever. So, you know, if you have a five-year-old and they take art classes weekly for, let's say, two years, and again, you'd have to look at the data, it's something like that, their brain will ultimately strengthen and grow in ways that will positively impact the rest of their lives. Um, and, and for kids, for teens, for adults, and now we also know that with neuroscience, our brains are always changing. And so one might say, oh, well, I didn't take a class when I was five, and now I'm 45, too late for me. No, the, the impact is quite extreme and quite quick. And for me, through coronavirus, uh, we moved, we meeting my art studio and team, we moved all of our classes online. And so we are now offering over 100 virtual art classes to people all over the world. And... I have heard dozens of times a day how impactful the classes are for people. You know, whether it's a parent of young kids or the young children themselves or a senior citizen or someone who lost their job, regardless of who you are and where you are, COVID has certainly brought a whole other level of uncertainty and stress for people. And I am finding that especially now to have a creative outlet is an incredible, incredible form of stress relief. Um, and one thing I always say is, you know, painting or drawing or writing, being creative has all of the same benefits of exercise or mostly, except you don't have to break a sweat. <laughs> you could just, you know, sit and listen to some music and, and sort of get lost and let everything melt away. Um, and so for me, 
I find that that data is to be, is, is, I already knew it in my heart and knew it from my own experience, but to see that that is now proven, uh, I feel like you have to almost be crazy not to want to be creative. <laughs> Are you both of you? Wonderful information, and I agree. My own experience during COVID-19 is that um, I play instruments and, and I'm not very good, but um, growing up I was a pianist and I have not learned a new piece for probably uh, 30 plus years. And I created a goal. I set a goal that I would learn a new piece. Uh, it was a five page piece and uh, it was somewhat difficult. And I sat down every day and spent between 15 minutes and 30 minutes working on it. And what I found is that it, it, people talk about like a, a meditative experience or a Zen-like experience or being in the moment experience. And I found that when I did that, that aspect of creating music and uh, learning something new um, had everything else around me disappear. And, and that was refreshing. It was uh, kind of like a reboot for me. And I found that to be very helpful. So let, let's, let's, we've talked about some of these principles. We've talked about uh, you know, how it helps people. And both of you are talking about different mediums of creativity. But at the beginning, we talked about how everyone, whether they're a plumber or a doctor or an entrepreneur or an artist or a poet or a musician, a teacher, they're, they're, they are creating. So help us understand if someone says, you know, I'm, I'm not very creative or I don't know how to be creative. Help us understand quickly, where do we start? You go back to your childhood. You look back. You look to see what made you come alive when you were a little kid. What was it your parents said that you were good at? What was it a teacher that said that you were good at? What was it you were naturally drawn to? Were you digging in the dirt and spending hours with the anthills? Were you wanting to cook in the kitchen with your mother? Were you spending hours and hours writing um, poetry or whatever it was when you were five, six, seven, look back at that. And some of us have to go way back to, and, and look and see what it was. And that's where it is. That's where it lies is our natural interests, our natural, what we are drawn to can be our passions as an adult too. Okay. I agree with you, Mary. And I would um, add also that sometimes this inner critic that we all have in our minds will then say, oh, and, and of course it's not true, but you know, oh, playing with ants in the mud is so dumb. Like, I'm a grown up now. Or, oh, I used to love poetry, but like, ugh, I would not be good at that. And so sometimes we cancel out ourselves before we try. Mm -hmm. And so I recently did um, a great exercise. I'm, I'm reading the book, um, The Artist's Way by mm -hmm. Julia Cameron. And I'm always saying, I'm so creative, I'm an artist, I'm so creative, I'm an artist, and then realize I have my own blocks. Uh, and so let's see what, you know, how I can continue to grow. And one of the exercises was to make a list of 20 things you enjoy. Anything. It doesn't have to be related to art. You know, I wrote hiking, laying in a hammock, looking up at the, uh, at the trees, stargazing. Uh, hanging out with my nephews and my niece. And so really finding, like you said, Mary, what was it that you enjoyed as a child? And what is it that you enjoy now? And to then make a date with yourself. I mean, it could be once a week. It could be ideally to turn into a practice. And again, I'm very into baby bites or baby, baby steps. A lot of us think, oh, well, I don't have the time for this. Everyone has five minutes. Everyone has five minutes. 
And so, for example, if on my list of things that I love to do, for example, I love to listen to music. And so maybe part of my evening routine as I'm getting ready for bed is to put headphones on and just listen to music for five minutes. That's that. It, even to set a clock so that it doesn't go beyond five minutes initially to just prove to myself that a simple five-minute practice can really energize me. Um, and I would say in, in discussing, you know, re, re-experiencing what we love and how to get back into it, these little bite sizes can then grow, right? So I can say, truly, I don't have more than five minutes and that's all I'm going to do and that's enough. And yet, most likely, what will happen is that might spark something else. For example, I played piano as a child. I'd love to learn how to play piano. It's always, I don't have time, I'm not good, I don't have a teacher, there are all these excuses. But maybe through listening for five minutes at night to just music I like, perhaps that turns into, ah, I have this keyboard that I wanna dust off. Maybe I'll do this five minutes every morning while I'm drinking my coffee. And so I think finding just these little, little steps I think when we make it too big in our head, it's so intimidating that we won't do it in the first place. Uh, And so start small and start reasonable and build it into your life on a regular basis so that it's not only like a one and done. So that might be just a wonderful um, way to to conclude this podcast is that particular application. So for our listeners, identify and write down 20 things that you enjoy doing. Um, second, make a date with yourself to do those things. And third, you know, give that uh, a time frame. It could be as simple as five minutes. As Rebecca says, we, we're doing baby steps. Um, and in doing that, we're, 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 we're taking, several, taking care of ourselves. That's, that's wonderful. So, well, thank you so much for being with us today, you know, Rebecca and Mary. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, let's, where can our guests find you, Rebecca? Sure. Um, anyone can find me on uh, my website, the Art Studio New York. It's theartstudiony.com. And I may also be found on Instagram at releaseyourcreativity or theartstudiony.com. Same on Facebook as well. Great. Wonderful. Thank you. And Mary? And you can find me at www.marypotterkenyon.com. You can find me on Facebook under Mary Potter Kenyon, um, LinkedIn the same, and Instagram, which is so fun and new for me, on Mary Potter Kenyon. So Mary's uh, being creative with Instagram. So way to go, Mary. Yeah. Um, well, as we conclude today's podcast, I'd, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. Uh, we'd be thrilled if you subscribed to the podcast and leaved, and left a re- review on iTunes and social media. And when you're ready for that next amazing book adventure, we'd be honored if you choose a book from Familius Publishing. One step at a time, we can make the world a happier place. We talk together, learn together, play, work, eat together. We laugh together, heal together, and we love. When we read